But my subject tonight is not Israel. It's Africa. And there are occasionally times when a word has to be spoken that is not addressed to the congregation. It's hear, O heaven, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. Can you understand mystery like that? That there's a time that has come in the wisdom of God in which something has to be spoken into the earth, into the air. It's not intended for men. Not to say that there's no benefit for it But it's a declaration. Something that must come in point of time. And I am called to deliver it. So be patient with what you hear. Count yourself privileged. For an historic moment whose time has come. And that you are there to hear it. And to draw out God's heart. That it might receive a full expression. Can you understand that? Okay. Let's pray for this. We're privileged to be together for such a moment whose time has come in this Cameroon, in this city, in this Africa. Lord, we invite you to open your heart and send a word into the earth from the throne of heaven that shall not return to you void, but accomplish every purpose for which it has been sent. Bless your own soul. Gratify your own heart. Fulfill your own purpose. And we thank you and give you praise that you have a word for Africa that this continent is upon your heart, that you have an intention for it, which we invite you to perform by commencing with this word and by it setting in motion those things that will bring it to pass, not for our convenience, but the everlasting praise of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people said, Amen. The Lord woke me up early a few days ago in the early morning hours and flooded me with some thoughts and I thought I had better write them down. So this is that writing that I'll share just as it was given. It begins with a Scripture that is familiar out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 34, verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation. How I wish you would take that into your deepest heart. The word exalt means also to prosper. God will prosper a nation that seeks righteousness because it pleases Him. He's the God of righteousness. And what distinguished Jesus as a son is that he loved righteousness and hated iniquity. The two things go together. You can't have the love for the one unless you hate the other. This distinguished Jesus. It was the hallmark of his sonship. 
vision the Father gave him, an anointing above his brethren of gladness for that distinction. So let me ask you, you needn't answer. It's a rhetorical question. Do you esteem righteousness? Love it. Enjoy the word. That when you speak it, and the occasions have been much too rare, the juice begins to run in your mouth. And because you're on becoming a son and a daughter, you recognize that there are daily occasions for righteousness or the neglect of it. Even in the small things and in the everyday things, the issue of righteousness should ever be before us as the church. Because the church is intended as already the leaven of a kingdom to come, a certain presence within society of a moral kind. Do you like that word? Moral. The two words, righteousness and moral, go together. These words need to become dear to us, into our thought and into our consideration. Because if we will not be that presence, if we will, if we will not exert and express a moral influence in our African society, from where shall it come? What is moral to is to insist upon the dignity of what is made in God's image. And not to go along with conditions that degrade men. And not to go along to condescend to conditions that degrade men, brutalize men. And rob them of their essential humanity. This is the devil's business. To deform and to assault what is in the image of God. Look what they did to Jesus on the cross. He was so brutalized that he had no beauty that any should desire him. He was marred more than any man. The devil hates God and hates God's image in men. And we, the church, have an obligation to stand for what God has created in His image. So just in the trip coming here tonight, just the trip coming here tonight, we had to pass through your typical traffic. Of course, you have lived with it so long, it's for you normal. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I'm not speaking from the perspective of a white man from America. I'm speaking from the perspective of a prophetic man from heaven. Your traffic conditions are, are immoral. They're degrading. To fight for position. One car edging the other. Yep. Bumper to bumper. 
so much time to pass through an intersection. For the want of a simple traffic light. And the respect for order that the traffic light represents. In order waiting for their time without, without competing and striving because that's contrary to God's image in man. You may think I'm picking on some absurd issue. And you can find Examples much worse than what I'm describing. But such conditions should not be tolerated. They need to be opposed by the church that stands for God, stands for righteousness, stands for what is moral, and for man in God's image. It's a remarkable grace to be able to preach. Having passed through that traffic congestion, just sitting in the back seat, if I had been driving, if I had been driving, I would have been immobilized. How does one become spiritual? Take the word of the Lord. After you have been fighting your way through conditions like that. And those conditions can be remedied. Those conditions can be altered. When the church makes it an issue and expresses its concern as it ought to establish a traffic light that obliges men to observe the structures of law and order for their benefit. Oh, you dear children, don't you understand? There's a struggle between darkness and light that's taking place in the earth. And the powers of darkness, the principalities and powers of the air, want to prevail in the world. And they are unchallenged. And they run the show. And they stand for chaos and destruction. God stands for light and righteousness and says his kingdom come and earth as it is in heaven. Order is intrinsic to the nature of God. And we need to respect it. To desire it. To see that it functions. And that men do not circumvent it. Because they have money. Or influence. Or can bribe their way. All men should stand equal before the law. And order. It is a fundamental foundational necessity for the integrity appropriate to human life. Somebody needs to go to the legislature who are indifferent to this condition because they don't have to face it daily. They are living in very elect suburbs beautiful palatial residences and chauffeur-driven cars. They don't have to fight these conditions. They're living in a place of unreality. 
And they're not at all affected by what is degrading men in this city every day. So would it be improper for a committee from the church? A committee of concerned Christians? Representing a network of churches? who have collected tens of thousands of signatures and to go to the legislature and present it as a moral requirement to establish a traffic light at critical intersections because it's righteous. It's righteous. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that you're not accustomed to thinking like this or acting like this. Because it's not spiritual. And we're not concerned with the world. And only with spiritual things. You're doing God disservice. Not to recognize that this is a spiritual issue. Because there's a moral question here that affects the whole character of life in Africa and degrades men rather than exalts them in God's image. If you're going to have moral concern, you're going to be required to have political expression. And what begins with a traffic light needs not end there. This is more than just an improvement. Although it will be an improvement. This is the issue of structure and of order that dignifies human life and gives men a better sense of themselves and a respect and esteem for their own humanity that pleases God. The powers of the air will be terrified if the church begins to think like this and acts like this. Because when you begin to install order, the powers of darkness and chaos are set aside. You're making a statement of a kingdom kind, of a godly kind, that breaks their influence. And if you keep it up, they'll be required to release their captives. So they prefer that you remain passive. And look at these conditions. After all, they've gone on so long. After all, they have gone on so And we have gotten used to it. And to live with it. It's not, it's not a reason to continue ahead. Because righteousness exalts a nation. God will be blessed by the traffic lights, by the sense of order. Something will come into the atmosphere of a city that has taken the pains and the expense to establish these elementary considerations appropriate to human beings made in God's image. I was brooding over the issue of Africa coming here from Australia 
This is my sixth country in six weeks. Tomorrow will be in Burkina Faso. Said, Lord, what is the word for Africa? I've been in it many times. The poverty, the disease, the lack of employment, low level of education. What is the answer for Africa, Lord? And I believe he, he's saying in my heart. The gospel is the answer. The gospel will save Africa. Not just in terms of salvation from sin, but in the elevation of the life of the people. Because God has been brought into their consideration. And He's the God of order. And they reflect that God. The church has got to live by its faith. That's not the requirement for the church elsewhere in the world. We, we Americans can say the just shall live by their faith. But we have other sources and other securities. But in Africa, the issue is faith. That God says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and His righteousness and all things else will be added unto you. Can you believe that? Not just for yourself, but for the continent. God has established Africa to demonstrate God and His reality and the truth of His word and the faithfulness of His promise. Because if your prosperity is not going to come from overseas gifts of charity or technology as other nations and your living conditions should improve the world would look on as the world will observe what's happening here the quality of life in Africa is rising the standard of living people don't have to carry merchandise all day on their heads there's, other, there's improvements and benefits that has not come from natural means but from God who exalts righteousness he will improve the economy and the increase of harvest because that's what his word says righteousness exalts a nation it will prosper it where did the Lord give you this message brother? in Africa Tanzania when I spoke out in an open field of the first African convert the Ethiopian eunuch and some man came up to me when it was over he said, I would love for you to speak to my employer. Gladly, I said. Who is she? She's the head of the Supreme Court. And the Department of Justice in Tanzania. The next morning, I was there. And as I came to her door and under her portal the Lord said righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a shame for any people and I came into her house a white man stranger a Jew and I said your country is suffering from drought and corruption and violence because you have not been righteous 
You have become an independent nation, you're no longer colonial. And you began to usurp and to possess properties owned by white people. Without fair compensation. That, that is not righteous. And therefore you're suffering God's judgment. He's kept back the rain. He's allowed bribery and corruption to, to increase. Violence. All of the kinds of things that he would control or limit or eliminate if you practice righteousness as a nation. She called down all of her servants and her whole family and she had me anoint and pray for and bless every single member. When I came back the next time to Tanzania, I visited her again. She had left office because she could no longer continue to be part of the conduct of a nation that was not righteous. Listen, you dear saints. We have got to live from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If he says that he will exalt a nation that speaks righteousness, let's do it. If he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things else will be added unto you, let's do it. And see if God will not add. See if God will not add. Or compare to us according to his word. If God be not God, and his word is not true, we of all men are most to be pitied. Then what are we doing here? And what is this prayer for Africa? If we are not taking God seriously, in a way that tests his word, and his promise, that we should live by it, and believe him for it, and see the increase, not just in spiritual things, but in practical and material things of life. Because he's concerned for us, our bodies as well as our souls. No other continent in the world has as much opportunity to show forth God as God and the truth of his word and the faithfulness of his promise than this Africa. It's your calling to glorify God by proving him. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So we need to see the realization of that defeat. To show the powers of darkness. We know that they are defeated. We will not be intimidated by them. Or jerked or manipulated. Or live according to their wisdom. But according to the wisdom of God, which defeated them at the cross, not by aggressiveness or violence, but by humility and meekness. You're called to be a servant of servants. That's not a belittling call. That's an ultimate call. Yes, I know you've been servants. You've been forced to be servants. But to be servants freely and voluntarily, not begrudgingly, but graciously, to show forth the nature of God who himself is a servant and washed the feet of his disciples not just as a momentary act but as a revelation of the truth of his condition because that's what God is as God he's a servant and you are called to be a servant of servants 
the world will be blessed by you. When you'll recognize your calling and receive it with gratitude and fulfill it with humility, you'll be an example to all nations. God will honor the society that honors Him by seeking righteousness. He will do what men cannot do. He'll lift disease and poverty. He'll reconcile tribal enmity and differences. If we honor his word to perform it. The church in Africa needs to demonstrate the radical truth of God's admonitions to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all things will be added. It needs to demonstrate that not just verbally but in its own life and practice. Can you imagine such a church? And the presence of God that will inhabit it? that we don't have to stimulate by our own choruses His presence will melt us because He will honor those who are honoring Him and have dealt with the issue of righteousness in their own life because we're in something together we're in something together and God will honor by his presence a church that takes his word seriously so as to perform it not only in the great things but in the little children in relationship to their parents wives to their husbands husbands to their wives the church to its membership there are many issues you will not have to look far to find them in which decisions and choice have to be made for or against God in little things. God has so constituted Africa for this very demonstration that the world will be required to observe the reality of God in Christ by that visible rise of living conditions not obtained by technology or by charity but supernaturally given by God in his requirement to honor his own word that when he sees righteousness he will exalt that nation he will exalt that congregation he will exalt that ministry he will exalt that continent you dear children we have lived for 31 years in North America as a community of believers in the piece of land God gave us where within months we had 55 people living there we needed housing we needed shelter we needed appropriate clothing we needed nourishment but we had no organizational connection we were living beneath the poverty line while the churches elsewhere in America were having great prosperity and God did not allow us to make our needs known you know what our you know what our slogan was the just shall live by their faith we were tested in North America 
We were living in the United States, but not by the United States. We were a piece of the kingdom of God, whose economy was determined from heaven, and not from the earth, and not one of us perished. You can't imagine our conditions. We had a sister who was pregnant, giving birth. So we thought we had better plug the car in overnight. Or the crank case will freeze. The oil. We have electric plugs so that the oil does not freeze. I, I know you can't imagine. For us, that's normal. And sure enough, sure enough, she had birth difficulties and was hemorrhaging and we wanted to get her to the hospital. Well, the engine started but the gearbox was frozen stiff. But she survived. The just shall live by their faith. Whether in Africa or America, God's going to have a people in the earth who know Him, love Him, serve Him, and say with Job, Yea, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. That's why the Lord opened doors for us. Egypt, Egypt, and other parts of the third world countries many times in Africa but we did not come to them as Americans yes that's my passport but, my, but the truth of my identity is in heaven so I'm not speaking to you abstractly we have paid the price for this message. That you might believe it. For Africa. But there's no other answer for Africa. It's not going to come through technology. Or natural resources. Don't hope for that. It's going to come from God. Or it will not come at all. The just shall live by their So Africa is called the dark continent. But God intends that it will be the brightest spot in the earth. When the, when the church of Africa rises to assert its moral presence, the leaven of the kingdom and the authority given it by the risen Lord who said all authority has been given me both in heaven and on earth go ye therefore into all the world preach this gospel not just a formula for salvation but a formula for righteousness for human lifestyle for reality in keeping with God's image Go with the authority that is already mine. Go with the authority which is already mine. Which I have obtained through suffering and death. I'm not sending you out as orphans. I've made every provision for godliness and for life but it will take your faith to appropriate it and to believe for it to insist upon it to insist upon it realize it show it forth you don't have to go to a university you have only to be serious about your own Bible 
Start reading the book of Proverbs. Every day. Today's the 16th. Read chapter 16. You'll always come away with some rich truth of a practical kind. That God tells you how to walk. What to do with your feet and with your eyes. It's remarkable instruction to live a moral, righteous life if we don't ignore it. Part of the provision for godliness and life. In chapter 14 of Proverbs, God says in verse 31, those who oppress the poor insult their maker. And those who are kind to them honor him. Being poor in the world is not an accident. It's a sovereign design. To test nations and governments and men on how they treat the weak and the needy and the helpless and dependent. God says to honor them is to honor me. Now listen to this. If you have the spirit to hear it, you see that flag? That nation which you hope to succeed is going to fail. It's going to be brought down. There's a judgment coming that's necessary to, ch to chasten Israel and to fit it to be a nation of priests and a light unto the world. Jews are going to be uprooted all the world over. And we read in the prophet Amos, I will sift you through all nations. So prepare for the day when it's not just one Jew who comes in here, but a number of them straggling, weak, bruised, beat up, despised, unclean, wearing filthy rags, no opportunity to be to wash, stinking, and Jesus calls them the least of these, my brethren. They will be stripped overnight, no matter what their possessions, they will be made very poor. And the attitude of men toward them will determine their eternal destiny. We need now to have a regard for the poor as being identified with their maker and to oppress the poor, to exploit them, to take advantage of their ignorance is to insult their maker. That's what the scripture says. And we ought to live by it. Change our own attitude. Change our own attitude. And not be contemptuous of Africans in our midst who are poorer than we. Look how ironic this is. That those in power in Cameroon today are more contemptuous of the poor of, of their own nation who are Africans, black, than the white colonial powers had ever been. That's a shame for the nation. They're more indifferent to their condition, unaware and unconcerned than even the white colonials had been. Black does not save you, but faith does. So you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling.
But not only your own salvation, but Africa's. For if the church will not take this to itself, from where shall we expect it? The church is the leaven of the kingdom now. It's already the first the first expression of a kingdom to come that is different from the kingdoms of this world because it exalts righteousness because it loves truth because it's based on humility because it will not yield to violence what's a bribery what's a corruption it will believe God rather than to take advantage by paying under the table. God loves those who hate bribery. You need to go into the, all the world to save and restore Cameroon. And what is made in God's image that he might be glorified thereby. Africa, Africa has a destiny that it hasn't even begun to understand. To glorify God in a way that no other continent has the possibility. The world is not expecting anything from you. And you yourself are not expecting. Which is a lack of faith to rise to God's intention and to avail yourself of his every provision, his word, his blood, his spirit, the fellowship of the believers themselves and to express a reality of another kind that will affect the nation and the continent and make it very bright. And we believe for that. That's why God's going to bring Jews through here. They would never have come if they had not been uprooted. But Africa will be a highway of holiness for the lost people of the house of Israel. For they shall see in black faces the light that lightens the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. They'll be astonished that you have mercy toward them that you're full of kindness and grace that you're not really God in private lives you're an expansive people and you show forth God in a way that Jews would never have expected to find them not just in the faces of Gentiles the way that I was saved in Europe but in the faces of black Gentiles ultimate demonstration of God's glory where Jews least expect to find they'll go from Africa to Zion the redeemed of the Lord will return to Zion with everlasting joy on their heads and mourning and sighing fleeing away because from the time of their uprooting and through their shifting to the nations they have seen a demonstration a reality of a moral kind which for them is their very survival and their salvation from a people who are tested and prepared for a kind of maturity as sons and daughters who live by faith and could give their last cup of meal and flour without worrying what will they have left for themselves but because they will give to them first God will see to it 
Your meal will not fail. Your oil will not fail. It'll be your salvation. The just shall live by this. Needs to begin now. So I want to pray for such a church in Cameroon. Such an example. Such a model. Not just for the nation, for the continent. It will change you. It will make requirement of you. The scriptures will become much more earnest and sincere. You will now need to study to show yourself approved. A workman not need to be ashamed. You will not make excuses for yourself. You will extend yourself by faith to grow and increase as the sons and daughters of God and he will honor you and bless you because you're honoring him who has called you to more than a succession of services to a kingdom of righteousness in the earth this earth even now. Lord, bless these children. Thank you for the word. Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Break the power of depression. Break the power of inferiority. Of those who have a low self-esteem. Lord, we're not capable we, we can't hope to be like you. We're black. Lord, we condemn that. We rebuke that demonic spirit. We look to your people to see themselves as accepted in the beloved and esteemed in God's sight and very precious and called to be a special example in the world. Bless this people and bless this nation through them and bless the continent. The darkest Africa will no more be called darkest but brightest because God is in its midst as the people of faith who live by Him who trust Him, who receive their calling and rise to fulfill it in the power of His resurrection. From this night forth, seal the word, bring it to our remembrance, stir us up, show us the issues that are moral, that we might attend to them, that we might attend to them rightly and pleasingly in your sight even when it's inconvenient we will choose what is right and not what is easy for we are the church of Jesus Christ in this nation and this continent Amen and Amen